Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 25 for Wednesday, April 11th. I'm Alex Uwe and I'm here today with Ray Estrada. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing really well. I'm really excited about this episode because we have a very special guest interview in just a few minutes here. We'll be joined by Dan Kuzed, who is an MLB associate scout, as well as a fantastic hitting instructor who was formerly my hitting instructor, but um, has worked with a lot of major league hitters uh, throughout his, his time. So he has a lot of great insight, and we are going to be talking specifically about the launch angle revolution, which is in regards to the the increase in fly balls and home runs, that's kind of the uh, the sexy media name for it. But yeah, that is the main topic of today's podcast. Uh, we'll be diving in to a lot of details surrounding that and, you know, debunking a lot of uh, misconceptions that have been spinning around there, um, you know, with other media outlets that don't really look at it from the perspective of a major league hitting coach which is who we have joining us so we're really thankful and you know lucky that um, he's willing to do this and i think it's a pretty good conversation uh, that we'll have here so just a few minutes we'll get into that Uh, with that of course we won't be talking about all the the main storylines and topics that we normally cover on these main podcasts Uh, you know next week we'll kind of resume that um so yeah this this week won't be talking too much about how great Shohei Otani is or you know how John Carlos Stanton is striking out every time he goes to the plate or you know any of the any of the other fun storylines that are still rolling in as the season is in its early stages so that is pretty good for the intro you got anything else you want to say or are you ready to get into this interview here now let's get right to it All right, we'll be back in just a minute with Dan. We are joined now by Dan Cusid, who is a Major League Baseball associate scout, as well as a master hitting instructor. Uh, But in all seriousness, he is very much the real deal has worked with a lot of very impressive athletes and we're very thankful that he has agreed to join us here today so yeah here he is how are you doing dan doing very well thanks for having me guys we really appreciate it yeah we're really excited to talk to you about some a little little bit different content that we're than we're usually talking about here we're going to be delving into the world of the launch angle revolution which you may have heard talked about just, you know, in baseball news in general with regards to the home run rate that's been increasing over the past few years. And uh, we're going to go ahead and dive into more of the specifics that surround that because there is still a lot of confusion and misconceptions. Um, it's a relatively new uh, topic that you know, people are trying to, to cover around the league. But you know, Dan's been doing this stuff for a long time, and he's got some really good insight to share with us today. So we'll go ahead and dive right into it here. Um, so to begin with, I think we should establish what this means, what this is in regards to. Um, 
so launch angle is the angle in which the baseball leaves the bat after being hit and we have statcast data we have a lot of analytics that show that people are trying to hit the ball at a higher angle to hit more fly balls which ideally results in more homers and that's been the case so from there we can kind of talk about a lot more because that's a very oversimplified version of you know the whole story with regards to swing changes and you know other mechanical changes that major league players are making it's not as easy as oh they could have just been hitting the ball in the air the whole time and that's that so why don't you go ahead and explain very generally so a common fan can kind of understand the relationship between you know exit velocity and how hard the ball's hit and launch angle um just in a general sense well the first thing that we've got to we got to understand uh, when we talk about launch angle and the the way the ball comes off the bat is defining what is a ground ball and defining what is a line drive and what is a fly ball and by definition uh, by major league standards any ball that is hit between five degrees and 25 degrees is a line drive if the ball is hit above 25 degrees then it is a fly ball if it's hit below five degrees it is a ground ball so when we look at what's really happening it's not so much that they're fly balls that you know that we're hitting alex it's they're working on getting the ball more in the air mm. and in the air can be you know anywhere from <clears throat> anywhere within those you know that context and so what we are seeing is we're seeing an advent of fewer ground balls that's absolutely the case and large uh, line drives hard line drives and fly balls hard fly balls do more damage meaning more extra base hits uh, more home runs and therefore you know higher OPS higher wars and all those fun stats that uh, are part of sabermetrics mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah I think that was a very good place to build off of there and understanding that it's not just everybody's out there swinging for the fences, which I think is in a lot of people's <laughs> minds what is going on with the game. And it certainly looks like it at times too, you know, the strikeout rates along with that increasing uh, every year as well. So I think another question that kind of ties into that is um, how would you say that launch angle varies depending on the type of player you are because it seems that many people believe that if a player wants to become successful they just got to hit the ball at a higher launch angle which is not necessarily the case for every major league player and especially every uh, person out there that's playing playing the sport so if you could uh, briefly discuss how desired launch angle is unique for every person in that increasing isn't necessarily the answer for everybody well you're exactly right because every person has their natural power band 
of let's say that between the angles of 10 degrees and 20 degrees off the bat, uh, they are, let's use 100 miles an hour, is their exit velo. So between 10 degrees and 20 degrees, the rate of the ball, the speed of the ball coming off the bat is at 100 miles an hour. Now, if they go to 25, they go above 20 degrees to say 25 or 30 degrees, so a higher launch angle, and their exit velo drops off from 100 miles an hour down to 80 miles an hour, now those balls are caught. Those are just fly balls. And so <clears throat> not everybody has the ability because it's, it's, it's exit velo first before launch angle. You need to find out how hard you can hit the ball first, and then you can start raising your launch angle to see where you're going to get the drop off. And those balls are now, instead of being driven in the gaps or over the infielder's heads, those balls are now caught because they're not hard enough to be hit out of the yard. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's kind of the exact point that we're trying to make here. It was kind of a question that was, you know, geared up particularly to that point is that, you know, not everybody out there will improve by trying to hit more <laughs> fly balls, which is no, in another fact, misconception. Yeah, exactly. In fact, what we're seeing is we're seeing too we're seeing too many guys, and I see it. You know where I really see it um, lately in the past year, as I see it with our younger players trying to emulate what you know major league players are are doing because they're they're bigger, they're stronger, they're capable of doing it. And you're seeing a lot of stuff in high school and college. A lot of balls that are just weakly hit popped up. You know, not really where they should be doing what they should be doing. Because the, the buzzword from everybody that uh, that I train that's below the, the major league and minor league level is all talking about, I want to increase my launch angle. I want to increase my launch angle. And it's just, it's just not, it's not the way that it works. Mm -hmm. You can increase your launch angle but you've got to be able to increase your exit velo proportionately so that you're you're still being it you're still able to do damage if you can't do damage above 10 degrees then you need to stay below 10 degrees i mean that's just common sense mm -hmm. but everybody thinks you know like what you were talking about oh let's just get the ball in the air and good things will happen well not really the case Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely more so, you know, in the major leagues where you have the best athletes in the world, the best hitters in the world, and on top of that benefiting from, you know, a slightly altered baseball, which we'll get into, you know, probably not this time, but another time. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's obviously a lot of stat cast data, batted ball data. What trends uh, would you look for to gauge improvement from, from that data? Well, you know, the system that I, I use a similar system in, uh, in my facility where we train. 
And so all that in-game data is one thing, but the in-game data has got to start from what they're actually training to do. And so today's, uh, today's major league, minor league and major league players have the ability to train with similar systems as StatCast and really groove their, <clears throat> their swing or their, their approach to a certain level of where they want to be with regards to launch angle and exit speed. Um, there's a lot of guys that I have worked with that you see on TV every day and they have completely turned their careers around because we figured out, they figured out, oh wow, I can actually hit the ball harder if I'm working at a 25 to 35 degree launch angle than I can if I was doing it below 25 degrees. It kind of, it, it opens their eyes and it's, a, it's an epiphany. Um, and I think this all starts back with with Chris Bryant when a few years ago everybody asked him when he first came on the scene what are you trying to do mm-hmm. and he said it right he said I'm trying to hit hard fly balls and everybody heard the word fly ball right yeah but it's hard fly ball and you again I gave you the definition of a line drive and a ground ball and a fly ball there's an absolute definition of what a hard fly ball is mm-hmm. and it's a hard it's a fly ball that's hit between 96 and 98 miles an hour at the minimum mm-hmm. yeah it's, so it sounds like basically i kind of draw the comparison to golf they they practice using TrackMan. they know all the data all this information right. about exactly the optimum place to be hitting and how to dial in their swing how to make the ball go as far as possible so it sounds just like having all this information allows guys to really fine tune their swings to be successful. Yeah. The only, you know, the only downside or not downside, the only, you know, wrench you throw into the whole thing is that you got a guy that's trying to do something to make you do the opposite. You got a pitcher that's in there, you know, trying to deal, deal you so that you can't do what you want to do. So you're right, but you're absolutely right. It's using that golf mentality of, working on what it is that you want to do. And and that's really where where this has all come from. And the systems that are out there and the guys that, that are using those systems, I can tell you from personal knowledge uh, that those are the guys that are being that are having the most success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, kind of what you mentioned too there is it's difficult when you have the best pitchers in the world trying to get you to do the exact opposite, keep the ball in the ballpark, put the ball on the ground. And you do see a lot more strikeouts because of that. It's, you know, become much more of the three true outcome game, which is another, you know, term that has been thrown around way more than ever before in this sport. And that's regarding three true outcomes being either hitting a home run, striking out, or drawing a walk. So do you think that... Well, that's with that particular terminology refers to that. And, you know, obviously that's not the case right now because there's still lots of other batted balls. The game is more or less the same. They're very, very gradual trends that we're seeing. It's not like the game is broken. But I did want to ask if you think that in the future 
we will continue to see more guys that guys like Joey Gallo that are really distinctly three true outcome players that are really trying to either hit a home run or draw a walk in the best case scenario in any at bat or do you think that that will kind of fade out again and you know things will normalize because it seems that there's more three true outcome players now than there were before well i think the guys are just really realizing uh, that right now the trend is look you get three opportunities to be successful and i'm going to use all three opportunities um that's really kind of what is what's going on you know it's feast or famine and whether it's right or not i'm not here to say that um i think that you we're going to start seeing you know how to how do you counteract that with pitching you know how are you going to pitchers i think have always been told to throw down in the zone down in the zone down in the zone and a lot of these guys swings are geared really as a loopy swing as an uphill stroke uh from a low to high trajectory Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we're going to start seeing pitchers starting to get guys chase balls that are from the waist to just under the letters and that's where we're going to start seeing guys probably go away from uh, this type of approach unless they can adjust their swing accordingly I mean, there's two different there's two different thought processes on how you get it done. You either get it done by creating launch angle behind you, meaning your swing starts behind you and you're a low to high finish guy, or you're a more direct guy uh, going in a you know parallel path to the ground, more like uh, I could say Barry Bonds used to talk about. Going, having his hands moving just across his body where he could handle pitches that were up and he could handle pitches that were down because of the approach to the ball. Because his launch angle that he created was created out in front of him. Mm. If that makes sense. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, wouldn't we all like to hit like Barry Bonds? I think that would be a reasonable goal for, for everybody <laughs> to, to shoot for. But... I don't think that will ever be the case in Major League Baseball. Uh, you know what? I I really believe that we will see somebody hit 100 home runs. In a season? In a season. Is it this year? I, I don't see it happening. <laughs> no, I, is, I this, is this fabled happen. player in the big leagues right now or even even older than 20 years old right now? Or is this... This little Johnny, uh, yeah, 10 years I, old at home, that's that's shooting for the moon here. You know, I happen to work with that player who's going to do it this year. I just, I can't tell you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that would be giving yeah. way too much away. Um, exactly. Yeah. No, but I, re- I truly believe that, guys. I truly believe that there's going to be somebody that is going to hit 100 home runs, um, and it's not in the too distant future. All right. That's a hot yeah. take. We we did our bold prediction show a couple weeks ago, but I think that certainly qualifies. But uh, yeah. Um. So, I was I was about to say shifting to shifting. Um. 
So there's obviously a lot more shifts. They seem to they increase every year. Um, do you think hitters should be adjusting uh, more by bunting or changing their approach? I, I was watching the Dodger game tonight, and Oral Horschheiser was talking about this. He goes, I don't know why guys don't, at least in certain situations, not just try and change their approach every once in a while. So do you think this is something that hitters should be doing? I truly be- I, I believe that you should, you should take what the game gives you. Depending on the situation, take what the game gives you. And, you know, I, I don't, I won't make comment on with regards to the game last week uh, between the Twins and the Orioles and that whole thing. Oh, that was nonsense. But, <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> right. But take what the, but even, even with regards to that, take what the game gives you. If, if somebody's going to keep playing and somebody's going to keep shifting, uh, even though you're up the way that you are and things are going this way, you know, we've got these unwritten rules in baseball that we all abide by. And it's a, uh, it's a matter of, you know, did the guys shift that way? It's open. You know, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with somebody taking it. Mm-hmm. That's no, yeah. That's, yeah, we're not saying it was nonsense and that he shouldn't have done it. We agree that the, um, I think it was the twins that got all up in arms about it. It's like they they were shifting in the in, they were shifting, so he took what the defense gave him, and yeah, it's it's definitely something that I don't have a problem with, mm-hmm. and unless it's obviously to break up like no hitter in the ninth, but if they're gonna leave that open, then why not punt? Yeah, I I think yeah. I heard on I think it was the Effectively Wild podcast I was listening to. They they kind of gathered the numbers on they got data from like some of the players that never bunt like that bunt under you know an incredibly low percentage of time like really bad bunters and they took the data on how frequently they were able to get bunts down to a certain part of the field and you know how many what percentage that time it resulted in hits and they extrapolated that you know if joey gallo assuming that he's a really bad bunter because he never bunts uh, were to bunt every single time they shifted on him the way they could do with four outfielders and nobody on the left side of the field, he would hit something like like 476 with all singles. But, you know, I th- that might make him a more valuable player. It's obviously a fake scenario, but it is a very doable thing for for those that are, you know, wondering, you know, that are saying, you know, well, bunting's pretty hard too. Um, it's a little easier than hitting a ball 430 feet, I would say. Um, I gotta tell, I gotta tell you that if you're if you're a major league hitter, you should be able to you understand back control, mm-hmm. and by just you know being able to take a ball. And I'm not I'm not saying that it's easy by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Just to decide, hey, I'm gonna put it over there. And I'm gonna punch it over there. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, and even I guarantee think... you they can do it. They do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you can shatter your bat and hit a double just by like blooping one the other way in a shift like that. You know that that's enough incentive for me to say I can at least try to slap it that way. Incorporate some pepper into your pregame routine, maybe, and then then you got it right there. So, um, well, how many balls in your career have you uh, have you pushed the other way, Alex? Oh, more than I can count. It was it was too many <laughs> balls. So you know that was a different issue right there. You know, I was working from, you know, average launch angle of like negative five. I needed to benefit from a little bit of an increase anyway. But, um, yeah, that, 
you know, again, it's it's very personalized. So I I kind of think this is, you know, just to reiterate what you were saying earlier, which is a really good point for young players that are trying to emulate big leaguers because that's what everybody does that that watches this game is they want to they want to be like the guys that are playing in the big stadiums making the big bucks. And this is a tricky one because, you know, it's not going to be the same for a 12-year-old hitter versus, you know, a 24-year-old major league athlete in his prime. So um, that's that's a very good point that you made that, you know, work on your swing, work on getting that exit velocity, hitting the ball as hard as you can, you know, working on the mechanics in that regard first. And then once you know what you're working with, then you can, you know, tinker around with things as you develop more. Um, so yeah, it's a, yeah. you know, the right place in the right time. I've got, I do have some elite 12 and under 14 and under players mm-hmm. that are capable of doing it at the 20, 25 degree range, 25 to 30 degree range mm-hmm. and proportionally able to hit it pretty darn hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they can hit the ball over 300 feet and they're, you know, 12, 13 years old. Um, and they do it in games too. And it's not because of a juice bat. It's not because of, uh, you know, anything illegally being done. It's just, it's dependent on the player. It, it truly is. And it's a skill set that, that not everybody has. And obviously, because not every major league player is doing it. We're not seeing every player having a minimum of 40 home runs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's still, we've got the same 20, we got 20 guys roughly year in and year out. And it's been this way forever that hit above 300. Mm-hmm. So that hasn't changed. You know, we, we get focused on the guys that were, that are hitting 40, 50, you know, plus home runs. And there's more of those guys. But the, what I also see is I see a lot of guys that are in that 20, 15 to 20 uh, home run range, and they end up hitting like they're hitting a buck 50 to a buck 60. Mm-hmm. They're sacrificing, they're sacrificing the long ball for their be- for their batting average, and that's not helping their career out. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the main argument against you know those that are not in favor of the way this game is shifting it's due to that reason they say you know players are kind of ruining it for themselves so yeah if there was only two things that you took away from this interview they should be that higher isn't always better and there will be a hundred home run player in the big league sometime soon that one stuck (laughs) with me so before we finish here i got a few rapid fire questions for you 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 ready to answer a few of these all right i'm ready let's go the first one is do you think you could still hit a 90 mile an hour fastball yes do you think at what at what launch angle would you hit it by the way oh probably about five degrees all right see see it's personalized negative five degrees right but if they're shifting against you you can take it the other way so there's there's no issues there i would punch it the other way right whatever i had yeah you've got that all right next what new feature would you most want Statcast to track? That's like you know, major league ballparks. What what new feature? You know, you can get imaginative with this too, even if it's not like scientifically feasible. What what data do you want to see um, tracked with Statcast? 
I want to see spin rate off the bat. All right, that that seems like a very, you know, reasonable one one to go for. Yeah. There. Um, also, really seems like a difficult thing. I guess we have spin rate for pitchers already, so you know, off the bat, that would be some some interesting spin rate. Spin rate off the bat would quantify what uh, what squaring the ball up is. Yeah, I think we, we've talked about this at length before, and a lot of it was stuff that I could not comprehend. So we certainly don't have <laughs> enough time to, to dive into that. Um, so I, I got a next question for you here about everybody's favorite player, the Messiah. Do you have Shohei Otani hitting over or under 25 homers this year? I'm going under. You're going under. Are you you not a believer I'm going in general? I think that he's going to be exposed. He is exposed now. And uh, he will be pitched uh, at thigh high or above on the inner third of the plate, and he will not figure out how to get it. Really? Just my just my opinion. <laughs> All right. Just my, my opinion. Well, good thing he's got that fallback of a hundred mile an hour fastball with a nasty ninety mile an hour splitter. So you know. Yeah, that's if that know, hitting you know, thing doesn't work that... out for him. Yeah, you know, he can he can do the other. He can do the other thing, that pitching thing, and, and watch guys hit jacks off of him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I guess a better question earlier would have been, do you think you could hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball off Shoyo Otani right now? Uh, no. Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> next question here for you. Would you support a movement to replace all bat boys in the major leagues with dogs? I kind of like that. I I would say yeah. yes. It, I think it's been it's been yeah. done in the minor leagues, especially. You have the the dogs that are trained to retrieve equipment and bring balls out there. I think everybody would like to see that. I think that uh, you know, let's get Artie to uh, to start training some some dogs. Let's see it happen. Let's let's make it happen, Alex. Let's All right, make it happen. we got to make a few phone calls right after this, then I guess to uh, to get some dogs. In training because I, I can't imagine that's that's something that that's something that will take a little bit of time uh, especially but here's for a, every ballpark okay so here's a question back to you mm-hmm. do they wear helmets or not Ooh, mm. that's that's a good question there's a lot of a lot of safety regulations there um, I think you could fit them with you know a kind of you know, something equivalent like a, to the like skull a, cap like right? a strap yeah you could strap you could on a little skull on, yeah. cap to them I think that would it would be more for uh, for the image more we than anything. Have, I don't think that would protect a dog from getting hit in any have, any scenario. We might have to put some. What about some body armor on them? Oh, you put like a all right. Kevlar vest on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't we don't we don't want the uh, uh, the animal protection agencies coming after us. You know, we have to fully protect them. Right. Right. Uh, you know, I'm sure that I'm, I'm taking, I'm jotting this down right now. We need to figure out how to get, but that would be what you'd probably need a couple dogs per stadium. So that's like 60 dogs minimum that you'd need to, to get trained to do such a job. So I think it's doable. Well, I'm a hundred, I'm a hundred percent in. Let's go. All right. Next year, when you see dogs in every single ballpark, bringing bats out or taking bats back to the dugout and bringing balls back and forth, um, you can trace it back to here i'm sure all right i got it'll it'll be next year as well because oh there it is there's my dogs um first recruit 
Yeah, it'll be next year after uh, the player hits 100 home runs. So, you know. Okay, we're we're getting even more specific with that that already very bold prediction. I like it. Uh, I've got one more question for you here. Um, is Aaron Judge related to Bigfoot, or is he part Bigfoot by blood? That's a question that's been itching everybody out there. I think. Oh. You know. I've got to look into that a little bit more because I have my I I have my doubts about it, but there's a possibility. Yeah, and I didn't mention this at the beginning too, but you're also a, a Bigfoot connoisseur. You know, I should have mentioned that right after master hitting instructor, but you know, <laughs> I figured you were the person to ask first and foremost. Um, I wonder if when we're going to see the Finding Bigfoot episode uh, pertaining to Aaron Judge's. Um, you know. I I don't I don't I don't think that's coming. Um, it's not. No, it's. I, if any, there's any Finding Bigfoot fans watching, the last episodes are running in May. But uh, for me, trying to answer this question, I, I'm not completely sure. He really only is tall, in terms of other stuff. Maybe I don't know. Anything's possible. I guess I you know I don't know enough about the the other details um, that pertain to the the Bigfoot species, but. Um, you know, there's there's room to work there. I think there's potential for, you know, at least a good one-hour feature of an episode if <laughs> Finding Bigfoot is well, strapped for content. So, the uh, first Sasquatch to hit 100 uh, home runs in Major League Baseball. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. So we've landed. It's going to be Aaron Judge next year. He is part Sasquatch, and there will probably be some sort of court ruling whether or not it was legal to have a Sasquatch playing uh, for a major league team. So this is that's going to be a fun year, it, if that's the this case. Is quite, this is quite the stretch, Alex, that you just went on. But, you know, I'm... This, I'm this was the stretch. You're the one that's predicting 100 homer seasons in the next in the next year. So um, I think I'm, I'm very well I within my bounds. I have very simple goals in mind I, for next season. I you know, dogs, dogs bringing bats out to the field and... Shohei Otani hitting 25 or more homers. So, uh, you know, I'm keeping my, my expectations tempered here. All right. All right. So that's all we have for you in this interview. But, you know, once again, we'd like to thank you for taking the time to join us. That was a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully, you know, we'll have you back to talk about all the, uh, the bold predictions that were made. And, you know, I'm sure there will be much more news and developments regarding the uh the launch angle revolution sometime in the future so yeah it was a lot of fun thanks thanks for doing this again thanks for having me on guys i really appreciate it and anytime uh, you want to talk this stuff i'd be more than happy to to sit down and and figure out launch angles again and exit velos and uh talk a little sasquatch so we're good to go <laughs> all right take care All right. Hope you enjoyed that interview. I'd like to once again thank Dan for joining us and sharing his knowledge with us. Um, it's one of those educational podcasts today, so hopefully you learned something. I know I sure did. And uh, yeah, I do apologize for the little bit of background noise that occurred throughout the interview, but hopefully you enjoyed nonetheless. And I would like to remind you that if you did enjoy, you can rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast 
anywhere you're listening to it. And I recommend you check out beattheshiftbaseball.com to find all our podcasts and articles and everything else we do. It's all there. So beattheshiftbaseball.com, place to go for that. Uh, I'd also like to remind you to follow us on social media, at BeatTheShiftBP on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. We want to hear what you think, and we want to, you know, know what you want us to talk about. So get in touch with us there. And yeah, that is all I have for today. New fantasy podcast later this week on Thursday. Hope you enjoyed. I'm all alone right now, so I'll throw it to myself. As always, peace.